Pegasus Podcast, presented by Night Sports Now. UCF news, views, and a few hot takes. Now, here are your hosts, Bailey Go Knights Adams and Christian Charge On Simmons. Welcome to episode 167. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCA Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Um, I was going to thank everyone for the five-star reviews, as I normally do. I, if you have ever sent one, thank you. But we haven't had any new ones in a while, no new questions to answer. So shame on all of you who haven't sent one in. Um, I didn't know that's how I was going to start the podcast, but we're we're off to a great start. Uh, Is there a better podcast... start to the Pegasus podcast than 10 seconds in where shame on you, listener? <laughs> so, no, it's not the last so time. I will, I will probably shame people on this episode. Also, I don't have a voice. I was at the Lightning game yesterday, and it's... I didn't realize because I don't. I guess this is gonna sound dumb. This is another dumb thing I'm gonna say to start the podcast. I don't just talk to myself that much around my apartment when I'm just here by myself. So I'm not realizing until right now as I'm talking to you, my voice feels like very shaky. But we're back. I'm back. Uh, Christian did a great job on the post game uh, episode. The post. What do they call them? Post mortems. I guess um, they're post mortems now. Post mortem yeah. podcasts. That was uh, that I, I didn't watch any of the game. Full disclosure. Um, I'm really glad I didn't watch any of the game and I never intend on watching any of the game, but I am back. We're uh, a couple days later than we normally are because it's a bye week. So I feel like I haven't been on this podcast for a very long time, even though it's been like a week and two days. So I didn't, I didn't enjoy doing it without you. I missed you, Bailey. I missed your no, presence really? when we do this podcast. Yeah, it turns out that um, you breaking up my nonsensical ramblings is really what makes the show. When it's just 20 straight minutes of nonsensical ramblings, it gets a little it gets a little crazy. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought I, I listened back to the postgame pod and usually... I think part of the reason that we like the post game or that you all like the post game, I hate them, that you guys like the post game pod so much <laughs> is because it's a little more in the moment, a little more off the rails. Nothing crazy. I listen back. I think that yeah. I didn't throw any takes out there that were insane. I pretty much stand by everything I said and how UCF season is uh, in a state that's uh, yeah. gonna going to continue and probably not be awesome. Yeah. So with it being a bye week and with me coming back off of a game that I didn't watch, we've got a couple different things, actually a few different things we're going to talk about. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about, I don't know about the Kansas game, but more so the rest of the season and kind of just our outlook and state of mind right now. Uh, we'll talk a little about UCS recruiting right now, and then we'll get into UCF space uniforms, which dropped uh, about less, fewer than two, less than two hours ago. So fresh off the mind, we've got, and I'm wearing my space U shirt. Yeah. So I'm disappointed because if you're watching the video version, I'm also wearing, I'm wearing a white shirt with blue, which like actually like fits UCF space uniforms really well. And I, I'm not that insane. I did not plan that. This is just what I'm wearing today. And we hop on and you're in the Canaveral blue shirt. And I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. Like we both happen to be wearing. And you're like, no, I put this on for the podcast. And I'm like, Oh yeah, okay. I probably should have. Yeah, no, I should have connected the dots on that one. I was wearing a basketball jersey all day and I did not feel like getting on the podcast with my shoulders out. So I also need to get ahead of something right now. Longtime listeners know that I talk with my hands just in my day-to-day life. And I tend to like, just do that on this podcast. And since we switched to the video version, I've had to like lower it on the screen, but I'm just going to get ahead of it because I know it's going to happen. I have a pipe, like an old time smoking <laughs> pipe that uh, I got for a Halloween costume we're wearing. And like, we're, we're two minutes in and I've already almost shown it twice. Cause I'm like, I'm holding it as I talk and like, I'm just going to get ahead of that. So if you see like a pipe enter the screen, it's, it's just, it's for a Halloween costume and it happened to be on my desk. <laughs> Here's the thing. I know what your Halloween costume is. I know. I, I just, I knew that. But of all the things that I thought you were going to pull up from, from below the screen, I was not probably in the top 55. Yeah. You had a heads up. Cause you knew it's not some secret. I'm being Oppenheimer for Halloween, which that yeah. I, I, uh, which is like, if, if none of you know, cause none of you were like my real life friends, but that's a very on brand <laughs> thing for me. Cause I've been like deeply obsessed with that movie since I saw it a few months ago. And 
won't yeah. shut up about i've also now read the oppenheimer biography i got issues guys I'm, I'm i'm going i'm going all in on the character but yeah so just getting ahead of it if you're watching the video and you see this lovely pipe that does not work i don't even know how to like i'm not like a smoker in real life so i don't even know how you're supposed to like hold one of these pipes are you supposed to like I don't this know. is a great visual this is a great visual for the for the video version of the podcast See, it doesn't I, I really feel don't like, know i don't that know it doesn't look like, right it doesn't look right right because i tried putting it in my mouth and it just doesn't sit right I'm sure this audio is great. Like for the vast majority of our listeners who are on, on audio, this has been a hell of a few minutes, but that was all I had to say. Video listeners, if you see the pipe, that's, that's what's going on. It's not a real pipe. It's not a real pipe. Okay. Um, it's not so, like it would matter if it was right. I mean, like, yeah, it, I don't think so. I don't know, I don't but think, I just, I think you're fine. I don't want to craft um, a false persona. I don't want people to think that I'm like lighting up my old timey smoking pipe after the podcast and like puffing and being like good episode there by the Pegasus podcast. <laughs> That's great. Um, all right. So we'll get into topic number one. We'll, we're going to regroup after UCF and Kansas uh, after six games of the season, halfway through the year. Um, how are we feeling? Bad. Not good. All right. Don't next segment. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just. Well, I guess I could be I could be a little more unhappy, I guess. Um, I'd be unhappier if they hadn't escaped Boise State. And they were two and four right now. I guess things yep. could be worse. But when you look at the last six games, three three conference losses, they, they barely beat Boise State in a game they should have won by a lot more. And then the other two wins were Kent State and Villanova. So this hasn't been a banner year so far. I think that that's um, the absolute scariest way to look at the season, right? Is they are a, a Colton Boomer miss away from being two and four with their only wins coming against Kent and Villanova. Like a field goal is all that separates yeah. them. Now, of course, they're also a blown 35 to 7 lead away from being four and two right now and having a big 12 win so we can play that game in yeah both directions but it's it just it's funny and i'm trying to not overreact too much to one game but also like it's hard not to when that was the game is is i'd felt fine well not fine i mean i was in shambles but even after the baylor game we still talked like this season could turn out all right because of how competitive they'd been and 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 Kansas State really exposed this defense and Kansas then followed the same recipe. And I think it's just become clear that this defense is not capable of stopping the run. And and I just don't see a path to a ton more wins on this schedule if they can't find a way to fix that. And I'm not sure what the solution is, because truth be told, they just don't have any linebackers. They don't know if Ricky Barber is going to be healthy again. The secondary is so-so. It's just, it's just I don't know. You're, I, I mean, I truly kind of feel like the only way they're going to be able to win games from here on in is is shootouts. And I don't. I, and this offense hasn't looked bad, but that's still that's a tall ask when you're trying to find three more wins. I mean, they, they they at worst have to go three and three to get to a bowl. Yeah, and the offense hasn't looked bad, but also at any given time, you could just have the coaching staff decide let's put JRP back out there on one leg and figure things out while we go down twenty-one nothing. So you can't get in shootouts if you're not going to know who's playing quarterback for the first few drives. So let me provide some to, to win the game. Let me provide some JRP context because the truth ended up being a little different from what, well, the truth, I don't know what they said in their post-game accesses. You never know, like when we know the full story is, but what they said happened was Gus, interestingly, kind of, I wouldn't go as far. I don't think it would be accurate to say he like threw JRP under the bus, but he under the Gus bus, under the Gus bus, um, <laughs> Gus threw JRP <laughs> under the Gus bus. He would never, of course, but he definitely wasn't was kind of putting the onus of what happened on JRP. To, and, and JRP backed him up. JRP also spoke to the media, which I was stunned that UCF made that call after that game. So Gus and JRP yeah. both spoke and basically both said the same thing. Always good when they're on the same page because we have seen UCF press conferences before. Not under this staff, but in the past where two people have gone up and said remarkably different things. So it's been awkward. But uh, anyway, so Gus basically said that what happened and JRP backed this up was that JRP was cleared. They said he had a good week of practice, which I'm still 
I have a hard time believing, but whatever. Has the player ever had a bad week of practice? Not publicly, no. There's never been a bad week of practice for UCF, (laughs) which I love that that's always the line. And then when Brandon Marcello embedded with UCF for that 247 article, the the first part of it is like Tuesday and Wednesday, Gus is like terrible practices, like no effort. So, but so they said that JRP was clear and he practiced well. JRP goes in the game and we saw this happen, looked fine for some of the first drive, not with his legs at all, but he was throwing the ball well for the few plays he was in. Does that jump pass, takes a bit of a hit goes off to the sideline. Now what Gus and JRP said both they both said happened was JRP kind of freaked out. He felt like he felt some movement in his knee. He wasn't sure what it was. That was an injury that, you know, was pretty scary for him and he he's unsure something's wrong. They assure him on the sideline the knee is fine. It's, you know, they say that he if he felt anything it might have just been some scar tissue, nothing to worry about. He goes back out. He's just afraid to move. That then what we what we interpreted during the game as he can't move or realizing in hindsight was he was it seemed like he was just sort of afraid to do anything with that knee. After two tries of that Gus takes him out that that that's basically what happened so i it sounds like it's kind of a mix of jrp wasn't really ready versus maybe a bit of a mental component there and i don't blame jrp for that at all because all accounts are that they kind of told him that at the moment the injury happened they suspected it was season ending then it changes to well it's bad but you're going to be able to come back and then suddenly they're like actually it's been three weeks and you're fine so i can see why he had reservations and i think from gus's perspective you have to know where your players' heads are at. And that just wasn't a situation where JRP should have been out there. And I'm kind of stunned that they continue two years into the JRP experiment to just be so determined to to just destroy anything if it means getting JRP out there. I've just never understood that mentality. Yeah, and I don't blame him because, I, I like you just mentioned, I'm tell, even if somebody tells me, oh, if you felt anything, it was probably just scar tissue. I don't know what that means. That feels no. like it doesn't sound good. So I'm probably like, no, I, I might be I might be okay. And, you know, you're as a player, you're going to be like, yeah, I'll go back out there. But it's it's difficult it's difficult. so sometimes your mentality is yeah like i want to go out and play but then once you get out there it's like i'm right. a, if i move a certain way my knee is going to just be shredded and i get that that's that's yeah. fine like i, I and he has a baseball career that, to think about too yeah. and i'm sure that was on his mind and that's fine like i i just it it, it was frustrating to me is that by the time they'd sorted out who the quarterback was going to be, they were down 17 to nothing. Like, yeah. the, like literally like the, and you, and the offense was, and I don't blame the offense for going dead on the water on those drives. When ever, literally, literally they're just looking at the sideline, like, who's it going to be? Is it Timmy? Is it JRP? Three drives of that nonsense. Kansas is up 17, nothing. Like the game was over before UCF's offense had a real drive, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's my place to say this. I didn't watch the game, but I just don't know if it would have mattered anyway. Anyway, I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think... it, it hurt because UCF's offense, like the offense settled down. They scored touchdowns on three straight drives in the second half. Like, and, and now yeah. you could argue some of that might've been Kansas was like, we're up by a ton. We don't need to go crazy here, but it, I, I, I'm not saying there's any reality where UCF wins that game with that defensive performance, but I don't think it had to be a blowout. I think that the yeah. offense could have put up enough points if they'd been set on a quarterback from the beginning and settled in, not had to take that adjustment period. I mean, like I said, the, the offense was playing from down 17, nothing like that. Just that yeah. there's no way that was going to be a close game at that point. Well, unless you're Baylor. Unless you're Baylor. <laughs> of, well, of course. What am I saying? Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, I don't have much to say about anything else on the game itself. It's more about the rest of the year and the looming and inevitable destruction that's going to happen next Saturday at Oklahoma. I'm not looking forward to that. And I'm already, that's already a loss to me. If they win that game, I will be absolutely stunned. Probably. Hmm. Well, I was that was gonna be a dumb thing to say. I was gonna say go on. I don't I was gonna say I don't know if, if there would have been any more of a stunning UCF result than them going out and beating Oklahoma. But I think the, the blown lead against Baylor was pretty Baylor still result, takes it. So. Baylor yeah. still takes it. Um but you I, mean, know, I just go ahead. 
I'm, I'm, I, I want to not do a thing that we did last year and you and I were two years ago that you and I were talking about earlier this week is that the week that UCF played at Cincinnati in 2021, uh, Cincinnati was, I don't remember they were ranked at that point. It was like top five, top six. UCF had a yeah. ton of injury issues and you and I got on this podcast and absolutely <laughs> gaslit ourselves into believing UCF could win that game. Like we were, we were twisting ourselves and jumping through the most insane hoops to explain how UCF was going to go on the road. Like I believed it. I made myself believe it. And we're not doing that for Oklahoma. No. Like, I, and we'll have a preview pod where we'll talk about that game more next week. But, but let's be clear: UCF is not going to beat Oklahoma. I'm not saying it's impossible. Like, crazier things in in the realm of college football have occurred. But to to do anything other than say I think UCF is going to go out there and get stomped would just be a disservice to you listeners for us to act like something else is going to occur. I pulled this up because I remember at the time thinking like, we even said it. We both predicted Cincinnati to win that game, but we were like. UCF, they've got to check. They could. It could and we, project, we projected them winning by like three. Like I was like 31, I said, 28, okay, I, I pulled, it up. I pulled okay. it up. I said Cincinnati 38, UCF 24. So even 14-point game, but I was like 14-point game, but they could win. And they ended up losing. It was like 50-something to I don't even know what. But yeah, do we're not going to do prediction? that. Uh, I don't. Wow. I just had that in my own notes. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, after the podcast, I don't go up and update my notes with your all your predictions. You don't? I do. Um, I, I sure don't. Not um we don't do predictions anymore for that reason um but yeah so I, getting back on track i guess i'm not looking forward to next week um after that i'm assuming ucf will be three and four and there is a very narrow path to a bowl game at that point like you've you've got to beat cincinnati and houston and then you've got to win one of your other games which is at that point west virginia at home oklahoma state at home or texas tech on the road I'm not sure they'll win any of those games. They could. I'm 100% think they could. But I'm very concerned about their fact. I'm very concerned about their chances of making a bowl right now. The absolute scariest way to phrase it to me is that after the Oklahoma game, they're going to have to go four and two the rest of the way to to make it to a bowl. And the optimistic side will say that there is no doubt about the fact that the second half of the schedule is much easier than the first half. I since at Cincinnati, which that's not a gimme game, but at Cincinnati is very winnable. Houston, I, I, Houston might not even have their coach by then, the way things are going in Houston. I mean, that program's falling apart, so that's a win. So you just have to find one other. Um, West Virginia's looked way better than we were anticipating. Yeah. That was supposed to be a game that they might not have their coach for. They're clearly yeah, we, a much better team. Than we, we talked thought. about that. We talked about, oh, by the time West Virginia's here, like, they might not even yeah. might be an interim coach. Don't Oklahoma State just anymore. annihilated Kansas State, even though they've had their ups and downs and have played 19 different quarterbacks throughout the season. Texas <laughs> Tech, you can probably just pencil in as a loss. That's a really tough place to go play. So it's just going to come down to they got to steal one of West Virginia and Oklahoma State. And I feel not op- maybe optimistic isn't the right word. I, I'm, that's not a crazy tall task to me, even with the way this defense is playing, because at some point they're going to going to get JRP back and actually healthy. It might be against Oklahoma. It might be a week later against West Virginia. And that will help because I think that with him, they can try to win some games at shootouts and they can get that done. And also I just don't buy, I don't think that UCF's at the stage, even with this team where they're going to come get blown out at home. I think they might lose at home, but I don't think they're going to not be competitive in a home game. And they they get both West Virginia and Oklahoma State at home. And I think that's a huge advantage. Yeah, no, I hope you're right. I think you probably are, but I'm still, I'm just very concerned because we've talked about it and we'll see. I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be difficult because they just got blown out by Kansas. They have the bye week to hopefully regroup, get some guys healthy, hopefully get Ricky Barber healthy, get JRP a little healthier. And I, I think they'll get blown out by Oklahoma. So coming off of back-to-back blowout losses, I just worry about where they're going to be at men, uh, mentality-wise. And we've talked about we talked about that last week about 
what the culture is like and if they'll be able to survive or if they'll kind of unravel at some point. And if they unravel at some point, yeah, I'm, I'm very concerned. They might win four games and not even get to five. So, and it's tough because I don't like, it's like, I sort of took the line of what we want to do because I want to touch on culture concerns and locker room concerns, but also like, I just, to be transparent, I don't know. Like we don't know. Anything no, well, no one does. They don't give, and they don't give anyone access except for Brandon Marcello. So all we can really do is theorize. Like I, I, I can say that and maybe I'm seeing what I want to see, but the Kansas game especially after they went down it looked like a team that was going through the motions it looked like this isn't our day whatever and that's so opposite of that that, of what we just saw against Baylor with Baylor of them never giving up and I just I don't know this team's this team loaded up on transfers and I'm not going to come here and say in hindsight oh well they shouldn't have done that they should have brought in high school guys and focused on the culture because I was very in favor of them loading up on transfers I flat out said on this podcast a billion times you have two years to build a power five roster and they don't have that right now. They've got to get there. And the only way to get there in that amount of time, you like high school guys, you're two, three years away from getting their peak. So you can't do it that way. Yeah. You have to bring in transfers. The downside is, is that when you load up on transfers, I mean, look, you look up and down the roster at the guy, the guys they're starting who are transfers. I mean, John Rice Plumley, Javon Baker, Kobe Hudson, the entire offensive line, RJ Harvey. I, that's just offense. I, it's like the entire offense is transfers. And I, and I think that, and I'm not trying to call it anyone in particular because I don't know. Except maybe Javon Baker, who tweeted that it was kind of the fans' fault that they lost the Baylor game. That was a great tweet. Um, and then Kobe Hudson, who was like calling him out on Twitter and saying, "Come on, man!" The, the whole thing. But yeah, I, it's not that I think they're less bought in. I think that you can you contrast guys who didn't start at UCF and have bounced around a bit. They probably don't have the same sense of we have to write this for the program. We have to get this right. It, it, it's easier to check out. And I don't know if anyone's checked out. Like I said, we're just absolutely theorizing and speculating, which is like the worst thing to do on a podcast and what I really try to make, keep us from doing. But that's going to hurt them this season is if the team doesn't have the fire to get back because it's going to take guts to win a couple of these games they have left, especially the fact that they're probably going to win close ones. Like I'll say right now, and I hope I hope to be proven wrong, I don't buy that this UCF roster is capable of blowing out anyone left on their schedule, except maybe Houston. I, I, I mean, yeah. but it's going to be close wins that they're going to need if they're going to get to a bowl. And you need to fight for that. You need to believe. And I just, I don't know where, where they're at with that. And what I will say is like, yeah, we're speculating right now, but it will become pretty transparent and pretty evident. I think at a certain point, like if they get, if they go and lose to Oklahoma by 30, I mean, Iowa State just did it two weeks ago. They lose by 30. Then they come back home against West Virginia. I know West Virginia is looking pretty good, but if they don't even put up a fight against West Virginia, then I'm going to have to start probably having some concerns like, all right, yeah, like they're not they're not doing anything down the stretch. Like Here's I think my hot take. Point, yeah. Here's my hot take. If they get blown out by West Virginia or lose by like three scores, not competitive at all, the season's over at that point. I think we can all agree on that at that stage. They'd have to win out, right? They'd no. have to win. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, they could out. lose one. They'd have to go three and one the rest of the way. Yes. Because they'd have, okay. yeah, which is not obviously not going to happen if they get blown in that game. At that point, and fans are going to hate this, and it's against everything I always believe in college football, but at that point, because one, this actually one of our friends pointed this out to me. It was something I had thought about that they said that if this is a lost season where they don't even make the bowl, they 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 didn't make a bowl playing mostly veterans who aren't going to be here next year. So what even was the point of this season? And that's a really good point that I hadn't really thought yeah. about. So if they get blown out by West Virginia and the season's cooked, then I'm willing to just accept four and eight and just let all the young guys play. Like let the guys who are going to be here next year get, I'm not saying like bench RJ Harvey and bench John Rice, but I just like get like prioritize that playing time and getting them out there more. Cause at that point, I, cause it's true. If you were just playing a bunch of guys who aren't going to be here next year and sucking, you're not working towards anything. It's just a completely pointless and lost season. Yeah. Which I hope it doesn't get to that point, but Oh, it feels like a real possibility. 
I don't know. It, well, I don't think it will, but it's definitely on the table. And it being on the table is scary enough for me to have sleepless nights. So, <laughs> man, what Dylan Gabriel is going to do to this UCF defense is oh be god, man, I'm scared. Not safe. Not safe for work. Can um, we? Just, I wish we could just fast forward. Like I have no interest in that game. Like I just want um, it to be over. Like I know it's well, going to be terrible. No, we're going to get to it in the news, but they announced the kickoff time at, at, as noon, and I was like, Thank okay, god. good. We'll get it out of the way. We'll get yeah. it out of the way, and by what four four thirty, we'll be done with the podcast, and we can just. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll feel like watching football the rest of the day at that point, but at least I so can. I'm, I'm running into that because we've talked about in this podcast a million times. Bailey and I are huge college football fans, like to the level that you and I were talking earlier, Hawks said we are for Duke NC State this weekend. Like that's <laughs> that's the level we're at. And yeah. after the Kansas loss and after the Baylor loss, I've got to fix this. I just wasn't really able to watch college football the rest of the day. Like I was just so down about what UCF did that I couldn't really get into it. And I'm like, I hate that. I'm like, not only is UCF ridding me of having a team I root for being good they're taking away my favorite time of the year like they're ruining that's why my I love, ability that's why I love the bye week can't wait just <laughs> you said we both text each other like at the exact same time like a UCF free weekend so excited just get yeah. to watch college football have a good time yeah so um you speak of some some of the young guys on the UCF's roster and there'll be some more young guys coming in we'll talk we'll shift the conversation to recruiting now um and where UCF's 2024 class currently stands and how much this whole slide is or is not impacting that class because I think there's, there can be some overstated implications and I was falling victim to it even before the Kansas game. Um, But then, I mean, I just kind of lost sight of how stacked this class currently is and it would take, it would have taken a complete implosion for them to not at least still probably have the best recruiting class they've ever had. Uh, My favorite like stat that's not even a joke is that they could lose half of their four stars and it would still be the best class in UCF history. Like that's how stacked this class is. And I want to, I want to here, let me get my pipe ready since I'm like, since I'm offering takes, I want to, I want to give a couple like thoughts out to the fans on how this, on how recruiting works. Cause I feel like there are some misunderstandings and, and I get it because I just, I think that some fans can understand that recruiting is not a straight line from success on field to players want to come to your school. Why are you laughing? Bailey's like chuckling. Oh, I'm messing with the pipes though. I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. even notice. I made the joke and I didn't put it down. Um, the thing about recruiting is that this class is not going to evaporate overnight because UCF's not winning games. I, I think that that is a misunderstanding on the fans part of how they got these recruits in the first place. These recruits are not coming to UCF for the history. They're not coming to UCF because they think they're going to win a national championship in year one. That's not why they're coming. If they wanted that, if that was their priorities, they'd be at Oklahoma, which, you know, some of them might be eventually. And the thing to understand is that UCF is getting these guys because they're saying, we need your help. We are not yet a power five team. And we know because of where we're located, because you guys all want to play at home near your families and play at the highest level of the sport that we can get you guys in and we will win a freaking national championship down the road. We will win conference titles. We will go to near six bowls. Well, there aren't going to be near six bowls starting next year, but you know what I mean? Do all that great stuff. That was their pitch to these guys. That's what got these guys attention. So, and the general mood of these recruits, from my understanding, was none of them were expecting UCF to come out and win 10 games. That wasn't an expectation mm. of these recruits. So they, you see, they see UCF struggling, and most of them think, that's why they need me. That's how I know that I could go to Oklahoma, or I could go to Alabama and not play Tama Jr., or I could go to UCF, and there's a good shot. I'm going to be on the field next year in the Power Five. That's the appeal of UCF to these players, and that's why I'm not worried about this class. Now, am I telling you that come... December, all nine of these four stars they have, all four of the top 300 players they have are all going to sign? No, and they probably won't. It's recruiting. It's It goes up and down. I mean, we saw, I mean, I feel like my favorite example of that was last year where UCF gets a commitment from Isaiah Nixon, has him for three months. He decommits and commits to Florida, is a Florida recruit for four months, then flips to UCF on signing day. Like, it's just not linear. It's, it's they might lose some guys. They might gain some more guys, and that's that. But yeah. all of the 
frustration about this season pales into what this class could be. It's nine four stars, guys. Nine four stars. It's the number two class in the Big Twelve. You see, I, I mean, this is this is the class that could completely change the trajectory of UCF football. And if they get this class in intact, I am just not worried about the future. I'm just not. I'm sure Gus Malzahn will still find a way to screw up quarterback in the future. Like, don't get me wrong. That'll happen. But... <laughs> that's where I was already taking the pessimist point of view where it's like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so that's, there's, goes my voice again. Um, get all these guys on campus and get them in, in the locker room. I think that's cool. Awesome. Gus Malzahn and this coaching staff are still in charge. I don't want to keep looking at it through that lens, but they've currently made me feel that way. We'll see if they change that. But yeah, it, it's a big deal. And it's why you see like a, as bad as the vibes are all over Twitter and X, whatever you want to call it, with UCF fans, you're seeing the recruits for next year tweet like, just wait till this class gets here. Like it's some like they're unmoved because they're partly because they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make an impact next year because look how bad they are right now. This is why all of us are coming here. So yeah, it, it's really not, I don't think it's a, a big like, oh, they're not winning right now. I I don't think that the hype's dying down. I don't want to go there anymore. It's like, oh, no. well, it's still all the same, still all the same relationships they've already built with with coaches, still the same place they've gone around and toured or whatever, still the same uniforms they put on, all that stuff. Like, it's still the same, and it is even actually probably a bigger opportunity for them to play quicker. If that's what they're looking for, they're going to stay. And they're seeing evidence of that now. Randy Pittman's been playing a ton. John Walker's been yeah. playing a ton. Those are both true freshmen. Takai Martinez, who's a couple years in, has been out there a ton. The Henderson twins been out there a ton. Like UCF's proving to them with these, Jordan McDonald got his shot and then it didn't really work out for Wild Dowser. But I, I mean, that's like, these recruits know the staff isn't lying to them because they're seeing them put all these young guys early. So that that the only thing that, now, and like, I don't want to sit here and be like, hey, your guys' tweets are going to make recruits decommit because that's not really the way recruiting works at all. But at the same time, like these are a bunch of 17 year old kids. And I wish you guys could chill out a little, like just a little bit. Like, I'm just going to talk to you guys as fans for a second. Like, I understand that this stretch has sucked. It's been pretty miserable, most miserable in the last few years for sure. And I'm not telling you to not be angry, but when UCF tweets like happy birthday to Randy Pittman and you reply to the tweet fire Gus. That's just excessive. And I feel like maybe yeah. you should just roll it back a little bit and and not do all that. Cause that is something recruits notice when a fan base just hates the coaching staff and is like, I hate this team and screw all of you. It's like that that gets noticed. And and it's yeah, do you want UCF to be better? And if you want UCF to be better, maybe don't don't reply that UCF sucks to happy birthday tweets to current players. Like just, just don't do that. <laughs> uh, there has to be a line somewhere, right? Like, or when the space game thing. uniforms come out and everyone's just like, don't care, win a game. Which that like, was bothering me too. Like, not, yeah, like the just, uniforms are not win. like them. That's an opinion thing. But when they drop the uniforms, they're like, we should be focused on winning. It's like they designed these uniforms like a yeah. year ago. <laughs> they ordered like, what are you talking about? Like, you, th you think that you think that Gus Malzahn was in the design room on these? Like, he was like, don't don't show me the playbook right now. I'm focused on Canaveral Blue. Like, you think that's a thing? I, that I saw someone say, and I, I hope I hope they weren't being serious, but I think they probably were, just based on everything that I read and saw. But it was something along the lines of UCF needs to stay off the or UCF needs to focus on football and stay off the runway or something like that or off like the fashion, whatever. So I'm talking yeah. about like it's like the players are the ones that were like, oh, we've got to do this with the uniforms. We got to do this. I want these on the sleeves. Like they they're like, yeah, cool. We, they have time for the photo shoots like that happens. That's part of their schedule it's not like they're sacrificing practice time to be like oh look at our space uniform no someone replied it's to me just... and was like ucf's more focused on their brand than winning on the field i'm like yeah because like eric DeSalva and jimmy skiles if they weren't like doing uniform stuff would be like suiting up like i don't i don't understand <laughs> like 
what this take is that fans <laughs> think that that's linear. Didn't Eric suit up recently? I feel like he did suit up for like a photo shoot. Did, did he? It's totally up? possible, but I, I don't know. But but I just love that that mentality that fans have where it's like, yeah, if they're designing cool uniforms, it means that somehow resources that could be going to like, it's like, you know what those resources are going towards? The cool the cool photo shoots and the cool uniforms and all that? Getting recruits. Like yeah. that's literally getting better players into the program and selling merch, which is money that UCF can then use to improve the program. Like I, it's weird, man. I, I don't I, Fans are crazy. Like love you guys, but also like some of you were insane. <laughs> like, I just, Do you have more... Do you have more you want to say on recruiting or should we just use that as a segue into UCF in space? I think the one last thing I'll say that I don't think we're talking about enough is UCF literally has the number two class in the Big 12. And if that sticks and if year one in a Power 5 conference, they finish with the number two class in that conference. I know this year has sucked. I'm miserable. I'm crying myself to sleep at night. But I just hope that we can take a moment to appreciate how insane that is and how freaking promising that is that UCF can come in and have no success at the Power 5 level and put up the number two class in their conference. You know what that means? That means that one year into being a power five team, UCF is already Miami. The sky is the limit for the coming seasons like that. That should be super encouraging. And I think even Gus Malzahn would take a knee in that situation. Oh and... God, man. I <laughs> it's, I actually was very interesting because I, I, we, I talked about you with this off the podcast, but I'm always curious, like when stuff happens with UCF, like what the national reactions are to that. And I was listening to, I listen to a lot of college football podcasts. Like it's just what I do every day. I listen to them nonstop. And the athletic podcasts, their until Saturday podcast brought up the UCF game. And this was their conversation. This was the UCF national perspective on UCF's 35-7 loss to Baylor that made me want to scream. This was national perspective. They're going through scores and they're going, and Baylor coming back from down 35-7 and they beat UCF. And the other co-host goes, yeah, did you see that play that Timmy McLean, UCF's quarterback had on the final drive of that game? They talk about that play for two minutes and they move on. That that was that was the conversation <laughs> about UCF. Miami's thing is like on day four of just people yeah. are like, how did that possibly happen? And I watched that game live and I just want to give a shout out to God for putting me in the position to have let that happen because that was like my favorite thing I've ever watched was them blowing that game, especially not knowing in real time that was going to occur. It was just, it was beautiful. Yeah. Wait, yeah. I need to say one more thing on that. Okay. Uh, uh, Christian, Christian of Christian Leary, Christian of six months ago. No, me, Christian oh, would okay. be, <laughs> would be, would be pissed off if I didn't say this. I once promised you listeners and I promised UCF football that after they had chased off Christian, Christian Leary, wide receiver, Christian Leary as a transfer for the sake of adding Trent Whitmore. I said that if Trent Whitmore was not awesome and Christian Leary went on to his school and went to be awesome, you would be hearing about it. Well, guess what? Christian Leary just beat Miami as a starter for Georgia Tech. And Trent Whitmore, last time I checked, doesn't even have a catch yet. So I just want to once again thank UCF for that phenomenal decision to, for some reason, decide that you just had to get one more receiver. Yeah, um, <laughs> I saw that. And I think you I think you even tweeted the same thing because I saw it happen. I think I don't remember if it was that like later that night or if it was the next morning that I saw the Miami thing unfold. And I was like, I texted you. I was like, you see who caught the game-winning touchdown for Georgia Tech? And I was just – I saw Leary, and I was like, why does that name sound so familiar? And then I looked him up, and I was like, yeah, that's right. It is him. And it ruined just uh, – it's a, it's so annoying. Because so it, none of the receivers they brought in are good. None of them – it's like we, we talked about in the middle of the summer, UCF got on this kick, and they were like, you know what we need to do? We need to bring in a whole roster specifically of wide receivers. I haven't played any of them. Like, they haven't been on the field. And it was funny. So I was watching that game live and I was like, I don't know where you were, if you were asleep or whatever, because it was pretty late. And I, I, uh, 
I Miami loses and I messaged friend of the Pegasus podcast, Jason Beatty. And I was like, wow, that Miami game is crazy. And he replied and just goes, Christian Leary was the receiver. And I'm like, oh my God. That's why I immediately went back to my tweet and quote to you. It was like, I've been informed that it was Christian Leary and I'm so yeah. mad now. <laughs> oh, it's so annoying. But yeah, uh, I, I can't, I can't believe they brought in that many receivers and none of them play and none of them. I mean, none none, I would, I would go as far as saying none of them are good because none of them play. Like if they, if they were good, I think they'd be playing. I don't it's no they, they're clearly just not I, I which I don't know I mean they have a really I guess it's just also philosophy too like UCF really just doesn't even like they've never gone deep into their receiver room with the staff it's basically they have three guys they like and that's what they do but none will ever talk Corey Gamage like Corey Gamage who I was like doing jumping jacks for I was so excited he was coming here didn't even crack the 2D I'll, I'll just never I'll never get over some of these things that have happened <laughs> I can't wait till next year when we do it all over again with just a, a whole new crop of transfers who are inevitably going to be bad but you know it's going to be different next year because they're bringing in way more high school players this class than they usually have. I don't think we're, they don't have the room for like they're not going to be doing what they've done these last few years. We've gotten accustomed to where they're bringing in ten plus transfers and we're learning all these guys. I think they're going to be moving more towards filling needs, which is what you want to be see happening. That gives me and that was always the plan. That gives me more hope. Yeah, like it, it just does. I don't. I don't know. I feel like because we've seen multiple years in a row now them having to piece together an offensive line through the transfer portal. They yep. needed both their starters on at linebacker to be transfers and whether they're good or not, they've got to play. And even I think this year piecing together most of their secondary, like trying to figure out who's going to play a lot of those guys that were options were transfers. And most of them yeah. haven't worked out. Most of them aren't even playing. And you're, that's why you're seeing the Hendersons. You're seeing the Kai, the Kai was always going to play anyway, but it's just, it's yeah. You're, you, I would like to see in the, in the next few years. And I guess that's where the way they're headed. And, that, and that's, that's a positive to me. So. They're also go. bringing Getting in multiple that. offensive linemen in this class, including Walt Claire Flynn, who's one of the highest rated players in all of college football. So even on the O-line, like every position where they keep having the backfill through transfers, like they're finally getting those guys and recruiting yeah. who hopefully will pan out. So it's exciting times. They're, well, no, it's not. It's actually terrible times, but <laughs> recruiting wise, it's exciting times. Yeah. And if this class holds together, then it's the number 28 class in the country, guys. I, I, I just it, stay the course. It'll work out. Yeah. It might not. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, there's a reality where. UCF brings in all these great players. And they have more talent than the entire big 12 and Gus Malzahn finds some safety at Auburn. He really likes who he thinks he can bring in and turn into a quarterback. And everything goes to hell. Like that can happen. Don't get me wrong. It can, but the Not more good can players happen, you have, but I'd, I'd wager that it will happen. <laughs> but the more good players you have, the harder it is to do the things they've done. So if they keep bringing in good players at that rate, class after class, they will be very good. And this, and this, these, these players love the staff. We don't, but they do. So we just have to, we have to roll with that for now and hope for the best. Yeah. I've said it before. Um, I'm just rambling. I'm sorry. I'm prolonging okay, the podcast. So long. It, I'm still kind of at odds with Twitter on Addison Williams a little bit because I know a lot of Twitter is like fire Addison Williams. And and don't get me wrong. UCF's allowing 45 points per game in the Big 12. So I understand why you would want the DC gone. But I I just don't. He inherited a roster that doesn't have a lot of talent. Like they, they just don't have linebackers, period. That They have one serviceable power five level linebacker. And I just, as a, as a defensive coordinator, I just don't know. I don't know what he's supposed to do with that, to be honest. I think it's just you got to give him some time to get his recruits in. Yeah, that defense stinks. I, uh, next week's going to be very so bad. awful. It's very bad. Um, but so not next week, but a few a few weeks after that, I was going to do make a nice segue, but I, I can't anymore. Um, the space uniforms, November 11th. Is that November 11th or 12th? 11th against Oklahoma State. The uniforms dropped on Wednesday, which it actually worked out perfectly that we ended up doing the podcast uh, today. It wasn't even planned that way. Um, just because I, I got back from vacation like Monday night and yeah, I mean, like it's a bye week We don't need to rush to do a podcast. And just for that, uh, we got the, the lovely news that the space uniforms would come out on Wednesday, right before our podcast. So we can talk about them. We don't have to do like a special 
uh, special edition of the Pegasus podcast or anything this time. Not that um, I wouldn't want to. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, I, I almost, I'm almost offended that we're truncating uniform talk into just part of a podcast, but we'll, um, we'll, we'll get by. I'm going to give you the floor. I mean, I, I, I will give my thought. I like them a lot, but you, I think, will have more to say. So I... Let me let me start by saying that there's two thoughts I've held since the space uniform started. I, and I think I've even said on the podcast, I've held that I don't think they'll ever do a full Canaveral blue uniform, which in hindsight, really wise take of mine. And I've also held that I didn't think it would work. I I, I always said I thought Canaveral blue was better than the accent. I didn't buy that it would work. I was wrong. <laughs> like this, it looks really freaking good. I, I just, I, there are a couple things about this uniform I want to shout out. One, the Canaveral blue as the base. I was wrong. It looks awesome. I also wondered how UCF would make that work from a theme perspective and going with the idea of like, they're really, the theme of this uniform is really the horizon and kind of the layers of that has been really, really cool to see. I want to, I, I have to say that my, I think my two favorite parts of this uniform are the sleeve design and the pants design. The yep. oversized Pegasus wings on the sleeve with the star pattern inside those black wings is like, not only the coolest damn thing I think I've seen from UCF uniform in like the last, I will say three years. I when they whenever they inevitably redesign again, I just want that to be the sleeve. Design, to, yeah, right. I, like it bus. looks so good. I just want to see it on the regular yeah. uniforms. And we've been seeing. I'll let you talk in a second. I promise. We've been seeing around a lot. <laughs> I, I I can't remember where we first saw it. I think it was like a crest inside the soccer building. I was like, what the hell is that? Over the last few years, the yeah. I guess I'll call it the rocket sword. It's this. Awesome logo where if you look at it from, it's a sword if you look at it from one angle, but if you look at it from the other angle, the hilt upside down is a rocket ship and the sword is the is the flames coming out the bottom of the rocket. That's down the pants and buddy, I, I just, it's it's incredible. I, I, I just, this uniform as a whole is really freaking strong. I think it's going to look awesome on the field and just, there's just some of these individual elements that I just feel like I'm legitimately falling in love with. Yeah, I got to go back. I mean, I was, I think we were, you were in a work meeting. I ended up going into a work meeting right after the uh the uniform shop so i haven't gotten a chance to like really dive into all of the uh, i forget what they call it the i mean they put the story behind it and they, they they literally break down all the details they do a great job with it every year i haven't gotten to read all that like word for word yet but yeah just the, the minor details that i've seen and I, I think i agree the the sleeves and the the stripe on the pants are my favorite part and i know people have been like well we'll get into people complaining but i like the helmet too like i, I liked it because yeah. You have the you have the Canaveral blue pants and jersey. I feel like it's better to probably go with a little bit more of a simple design on the helmet. And I also am just happy to see white helmets. I know we saw. I guess everyone else saw them during the Kansas game. Oh, that's true. This is your first um, look at white helmet. <laughs> I saw pictures, but I didn't watch the uh, did not watch the broadcast. But yeah, just seeing a white helmet again is nice. Um, and I think I think it goes with everything. I know it. I wasn't ever really sure that they would do a full Canaveral blue. Even as someone who wanted mm -hmm. to name this podcast, the Canaveral Blue podcast, um, I didn't know that they ever would. But I guess, you know, in, with now with hindsight, the fact that they have, it like makes sense because you think about the options they have and kind of what they've done each year. And it's like, how can they ever like do something that different? Or like, how can they have what's like, what's the next thing they can do? And I'm already finding myself like, what can they do after this? But I think yeah. I, I think for this being the next step, I, I really like it a lot. I, I mean, I bought a space jersey within... I think five minutes of, I think Brandon Helwig posted the link and I was like, I'm going to buy this right now before I even texted, so I texted my girlfriend and I said, do you want some space merch? And she was taking too long to reply. So I was like, all right, I'm just buying the Jersey. And if she wants anything, I'll make another order. But I was worried that this, the Jersey was going to sell out. And that so was my favorite it. part is, as you pointed out, I was, I was in a meeting when the jerseys drops or the uniforms drop. So I didn't get to see them right away. And my phone buzzes and I pull out and you just text me, I have just bought a space Jersey. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I guess they're good. <laughs> Another thing I want to shout out in these uniforms real quick is that UCF once again designed a custom number fonts for these uniforms. And I, I hope 
I guess the, I don't know if the average fan understands how ridiculously that's not easy. And UCF has done that regularly where they design their, I mean, a lot of schools, even on their base uniforms, don't use a custom font. They just use a pre-designed font. The fact that UCF well, the past, designs the past them, UCF ones didn't, that no. one was a, a templated one, wasn't it? The numbers everyone misses. Yeah. They were the Michigan yeah. state created those numbers originally. And UCF used a flip version of them for the, the numbers on the uniforms from 2016 back till I think like 2013 you, was the first. Can you see the reflection of my glasses? Yes. It's the, it's the space. It's the uniform. Oh. <laughs> I pulled up a picture of it and it's really bright. And I was like, what's that look on my glasses? But okay. I'm digging these numbers. Anyway. I think I like this font even more than the one on the base uniforms. There's a curve in each of them that it represents. It's at the angle of that curve of like a rocket launch. It looks really freaking cool. They also layered the numbers. It's got a cloud layer, a, a reflective layer. That's that, And then it's got the space layer behind it. So you look at the numbers and it's kind of yeah. got this almost 3D effect. It's freaking cool, man. I also, we're just living in a wild era. Like UCF has a chrome face mask for these uniforms. From yeah. 1979 to 2019, every single game that UCF played, they wore black face masks and nothing else. Every single game. And that, and that was well into the era of UCF wearing cool uniforms. This season alone, they're going to wear black face masks, white face masks, and chrome face masks in varying games. I just, we are living in the best timeline. I, I don't know. I don't know who smiled on me, karma or whatever, that after my entire childhood of UCF wearing pretty lame uniforms and pretty uncreative uniforms, yeah. they now... I'm just looking at this uniform and like, I, I wish I could tell like 16 year old me that this is coming in the future. I just, it's well, the other, the other little detail. And I, I you talked about the, the, what do you, what'd you call it? The space? No, the rocket ship sword or something like that. I just called the rock. Um, I don't know what's official name is. I've been yeah. referring to it as the rocket sword. Yeah. The rocket sword, but it's, it's on the collar too. And it's, and the, it's on the collar and the, and the outline of it is like a Polaris star. So that actually, the, you bring an interesting point with the collar. My maybe only nitpick, no citrine anywhere on this. Should we be yeah. into that? I'd seen some people upset about that. I don't, yeah, I guess it could have been, that's probably been the place for it because the pants That's where were, it's been traditionally, yeah. And that's, yeah, I mean, they wouldn't have it on the pants in addition to the stripe, I don't think. I mean, um, I don't really find myself missing it. Like, I'm not like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe they could have put it, I guess the only other spot it could have gone is like maybe, I guess, no, because they like to put Space U on the bumper. So yeah, there's know. not an easy spot to put it. I guess the bumper would have been one. maybe, but I feel yeah. like people would have complained about that anyway. I don't know. Yeah. I, people I complain get about it. anything. It's true. I get it because I feel like the Citronauts are a pretty big part of the space game, and I'm kind of surprised by that, but I don't feel yeah. like the uniform's ruined because it's not there. Yeah, it's a good fair. uniform, man. I just got to point out the decal, the UCF stack decal. It's a black decal with stars pattern knitted. It's just, this is, it's yeah. a good uniform. I'm really excited to see it. I So I know that the fan reaction has been like the most mixed I think I've ever seen for a space uniform, which is, I... <laughs> I'm not surprised given just the general vibe of that's what I was going to say. Like, I don't want to discount anyone's opinion, but I kind of felt like whatever the uniform was, was going to kind of have a more negative reaction. Cause so back during COVID when COVID first started, like March and April of 2020, nothing was really going on and schools were doing all kinds of stuff for just get some sort of content out there. And UCF decided to do a uniform bracket. It was a 64 combo bracket of all the uniforms they'd worn in 2016 to present. And I helped them seed it, like come up with which uniforms are going to be placed where and all that stuff. And I, so I was deeply invested in it as I would have been anyway, just because I love UCF's uniforms. Yeah. And I was so disappointed in the results of it because all the way through that bracket, they went all the way to crowning a champion. It was just, if UCF lost the game in that combo, people did not vote for it. If UCF won the game in that combo, people voted for it. And it was just that way all the way through. So I kind of had that in my head this week where I was kind of like, I feel like this is going to be, and sure enough, it's been a lot of, if you don't like the uniform, you don't like the uniform, but people being like, why are you spending money on uniforms that you could be spending on this? Or like, why aren't you? And it's just yeah. like, fan base is in a bad mood and I don't blame them because it's been hell. But I I personally, it's like Christmas for me whenever the space uniform drops and I'm enjoying the hell out of today. 
yeah, this was a good distraction. I think to, for, yeah. for me anyway, I guess it didn't work on everyone, but it distracted me at least for a little bit until we got on the podcast and started talking about how they might not make a bowl, but also made UCF some money since you immediately went and bought a, uh, yeah. bought a, bought a, no, I think I'm, I might I, buy one too. I only I, own the only space Jersey I own, uh, is the 2021 version of the space shuttle themed one. And I think this yeah. might become my second one. And I'll admit I fall for it every, well, I don't say every year cause I don't have every, every seasons, but I just, I, I like, I usually buy something space themed from, from the merch line because I just, I like what they do. Um, I, I have the 2018 space Jersey and then now I'm going to have the 23. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like them a lot and I'm, I'm excited to see them. I'm hoping, and I even told you this because we're going to Cincinnati and in, in, I guess what a few weeks from now. Yep. Um, and so that's why I would love for them to win that West Virginia game because going into our trip on a, what would be a four game losing streak, five game losing streak would be pretty miserable. Um, but at the very least, if they lose to West Virginia, they better win that Cincy game one, cause we'll be there. And two, because it'll lead into the space game and I need the vibes to be good for the space game. So, um, especially given the, their undefeated record in space games. So putting that on the line against Oklahoma state, um, a game that will probably end up being a must win. So we'll see. I don't like that. We're going to have to deal with, I, I, I think there's a very real reality and it's actually probably the best reality that we have left where that Houston game, UCF's going in five and six and needs to win it to get to a bowl. And that's scary to think probably. about, but I also think they'd be able to win well, that game, but I still just, yeah, it's been a long time since we've been in a situation like that. Do you know why it's scary to think about it? Why? Because last year it was just beat ECU and we host game day. Just beat Navy at home and we'll host the conference championship game. And then it just, we've been in that, oh, just win this game and you'll get this reward situation a few times lately. And it hasn't worked out so well. So if we go into it, I'll I'll feel some bad energy if we go into that at, at five and six and they need a win to get, uh, into the bowl, but I do think they could. I mean, it's, it's Houston. Like Houston, it's uh, Navy. I mean, come on. That's exactly. <laughs> that's the Navy. thing. You can't. We can't even do that anymore, which is just an awful time. That actually would feel for this staff and the way things have gone the last few years in the malls on era. That actually would feel super on brand that UCF goes in that game five and six, and it's like they did it. They just have to beat Houston, who's like three and eight or something, and then UCF loses. <laughs> oh, it'd be miserable. Um, okay, let's jump in. Do you have anything else to say? You want to get into the football news, and then we'll jump into tweet of the week after after that. Well, game of the week. Uh, but... I think we mostly covered, covered it. it. It's been a pod. We've, We've covered been, a lot. Been all over the place uh, today, and I think that, I mean that in a good way. Um, football news. Gabe Davis, I said last week he caught a, a touchdown for the third straight week. Well, he made it four weeks in a row with a touchdown. He caught one in the Bills' loss to the Jaguars in London. Um, light mode, last week's uniforms uh, against Kansas, finished uh, a rank number seven on this week's Uni Swag countdown. Um, yeah. UCF Oklahoma, as we mentioned earlier, will be a noon kickoff on ABC, so – a lot of people will get to watch that game. Um, they'll get to watch UCF's stunning, stunning upset of Oklahoma. Um, be great. Uh, John Walker was named the uh, named to the midseason true freshman All American team by On Three. And yeah, I think we just can take a second to realize like John Walker's been had to play a lot because Ricky Barber's been hurt, which has been unfortunate. But it's been awesome to see him already flash why he was as highly rated as he was because he's yeah. already been good. And he's a true freshman. The fact he's just, and this is what I love about top 100 players, especially linemen, is that he he just came in as a starting caliber player. Like, yeah, you kind of wish that you didn't have to start him right now. And there have been some ups and downs, but what he is, the fact that he's already this good, I mean, I think it's safe to say he's going to grow into a phenomenal player over the next couple of years. And that is so yeah. valuable. I mean, and they have another player of that caliber and Jalen Hayward committed right now, another fringe top 100 guy in this class. And it's, those are the guys who change programs. And if you start stacking those guys and getting multiple of them, that's how you really elevate yourself into a strong, strong football program. Yeah. Awesome to see. Awesome. If nothing else, I'm just going to watch him next week and 
and just hopefully continue to reap the benefits. Should we just do that? Let's each pick a player to scout, like just a young player we want to see. Like you pick John Walker and I'll pick Randy Pittman and we'll just watch the game for them. Like I'm just gonna, I'm just, I'm just in it for Andy Pittman. I don't, I don't care what the score is. I might be in for that. <laughs> Let's just do that, like and then that. we'll come back. We'll do our podcast reports. Yeah. You, you'll report on, you'll report on John Walker. I'll report on Randy Pittman. Yeah, um, and then the last thing uh, that game we were just talking about, UCF and Houston, is sold out. So it's the last, uh, the last game that hadn't sold out yet at home, and UCF has sold it out. So if it's a, if it's a game where they're going into it needing a win for a bowl game, hopefully it'll still be a sellout crowd. Hopefully everyone will show up and and. Uh, be a great atmosphere. So see about that. Um, we'll jump into game of the week here real quick. UCF women's soccer is eight and five, four and three in the big 12, a couple of losses this past week. Their home finale is on Thursday at six o'clock. They're hosting number six, Texas tech, who is 12, Oh, and three and six, Oh, and one in the big 12 top of the big 12 right now. I was just stunned. I, mean, I feel like soccer season always goes so fast. I know. I think it's because, because I kind of align it with football season, but then football season. So it, it just, I don't know. It just gets mixed yeah. up in my brain. And I, I think soccer starts like maybe a week earlier or so, but it's still, mm-hmm. I feel like they play, I feel like the season should be longer. Um, but yeah, they have this home game against Texas Tech on Thursday, and then they will play two road games. I think it's Cincinnati and then BYU to finish out. So hopefully they can get kind of back on track after a couple losses last week. It'd be a big win if they could beat Texas Tech because no one has. Um, but with all that, we'll jump into Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. So Tweet of the Week this week. It's a special one. It goes to someone that I don't believe we've ever mentioned on this podcast. And it's my number one hater. And that is the UCF uniform Twitter account, UCF uniform tracker, Twitter account. Um, in all my years. Yeah, no, 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 no. UCF uniform tracker. You all know him. In all my years on Twitter of fighting with USF fans and Cincinnati fans and Gator fans, I don't think there's a man who dislikes me more than this one. And why does he dislike me so much? Because I like UCF's uniforms. A terrible crime, I know. So he tweeted at me. I, I I just posted, like I said, I was in a meeting. So I just looked at the uniforms really quickly and I tweeted how, how excited I was about them. He replies, says, it is the least shocking thing in the world that you can never stray from everything UCF's put, that everything UCF puts out is the best thing ever. I replied and was like, why do you care so much for the billing of time? And he replied and said, I love our unis too, doubtful. It just blows my mind that you're almost never critical. For someone who wants to be a journalist, I'd expect you to have more than everything is awesome all the time as it relates to the unis. I know that you have it in you from your actual football takes on the pod. So if you guys didn't know that, Bailey and I went to journalism school, and the first thing they teach you is that if you're not trashing a team's uniforms, you're not a real journalist. So I just wanted to (laughs) – that's like the first class, and if if you don't get that, they kick you out. So I want to bring this up because I have that rep on Twitter that it's like – and some people poke fun at me. It's like, oh, you like every UCF uniform. He just gets mad about it and like wants to punch me over it. I don't know what's going on. It's frustrating for me that we're at the point where I basically can't tweet about UCF's uniforms without him hopping in and explaining to me that I'm a homer or whatever. And this weird conspiracy that I secretly hate them and I'm just cheerleading them. Like, I I don't, I am such an opinionated person. I don't understand how anyone who follows me on Twitter or listens to this podcast could think that A, I would want to hide an opinion or B, that I would be capable of doing such a thing and being like, like, yeah, like I'm secretly like, God, I hate these, but oh, they look, I just, I don't. I mean, you can, I text you first before I tweet anything and I'm always like so excited. I just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the conspiracy theory crap is there, but. Except I, for this time, I will, I will have a bone to pick with you. I, I texted you that I was buying space shares or whatever. And then I noticed that you replied to the uni, uni tracker guy before you even replied to me about the uniform. So I was a little annoyed by that. So this but, is how so pissed okay. off I was. I replied in my meeting. Like I didn't even get out of the <laughs> meeting. I saw that tweet and was like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe this dude is at this again. So now, now I'm just speaking directly to uni tracker. Since apparently he listens, he's tweeted about the podcast before, so I don't know. But if you're here, hey, you need tracker. Let's just let's just clear the air. You tend to not like UCS uniforms. I tend to like UCS uniforms. 
I, I get that I'm probably biased. I understand that because of how much I like them. But you tend to not like them. I tend to like them. It seems likely, given the last few years, that this is a trend that will continue into the future. You will continue to have issues with them. I will continue to like them. So let's just do this. I'll move on. You move on. I won't tweet at your stuff and say, why are you angry about that they didn't use the right bumper to your liking? And you won't reply to me and say, why are you happy? Let's just let's just both move on. You should not care this much that I like UCF's uniforms. It should not bother you to the point that you have to repeatedly and constantly take time out of your day to reply to me and get mad at me that I like the uniform. I have to be in the top 1% of people in the world who like UCF's uniforms, and even I don't think they're that important. It's not that deep. We don't need to start Twitter wars over that I liked something. So let's just let's just agree to disagree. From now to the end of time, let's just move on. You do your thing, I'll do my thing, and that's that. I, I hope that you can agree to that because I'd like to just once be able to see a UCF uniform and tweet, I like this and not have you reply, fraudulent, whatever, and all that crap. So let's just, let's just move on. I, I think it would be healthy for both of us. Terms of the agreement denied because you're supposed to be on this earth to validate his opinions. Apparently. So that, yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry um, that I'm sorry that I like UCF's uniforms. I know that's terrible of me, but my just, just my issue today has been just like the wider, I guess I always say like the wider fan base just bothers me sometimes. And it's just, it, it's because you guys do. Um, not if you're listening to this, I, I like all of our listeners, I think. Um, but it just has annoyed me because it, it's like, I will reference one of my favorite movies, Willy Wonka. It's like, you're like Veruca Salt. It's like, if you don't get what you want, if they don't do exactly what you wanted for this uniform, it's, oh, they, I wish they would have done this. They should have done this. I wanted this. I wanted this. Like everyone's just throwing a fit. And I feel like part of it is because everyone's just in a bad mood, everything UCF related. And I understand that, but it's just like. All right, like you can still acknowledge, like it's just always a even it's a, even a weekly uniform thing. It's like, oh, they should have done this. Oh, they should have won. It's just, I'm tired of the, I'm tired of it every week. I, I just at this point, I'm like, I used to be excited about like the uniform of the UCF equipment tweet. And now it's just like, all right, I'm I should probably just stop reading the replies, but I can't help myself. I think that that's the difference for like me and the general fan base with the uniforms and why when people get on me, which like most of them it's joking, and then there's Uni Tracker who just is actually angry about it for some reason. The whole why don't you like this uniform is like. And I think that is the difference is because a lot of people see a uniform and I guess it's just natural, but they go and like, well, okay. And they start looking at it and they're like, okay, well, I would have made the face mask this color or like, okay, you know, I would have liked the helmet stripe to be over, you know, moved up more or whatever. Or, oh, I would have liked the Citronite here. And I guess I just like, I, I know how this stuff goes and it's like, it's a uniform design. Like you, you give a hundred designers the same parameters for a uniform and they're going to give you a hundred different versions. And I just don't get worked up about what my specific minute changes would be because uniforms are opinion. It's design. There's no right or wrong. So I just feel like it's, I feel like some fans get too caught up in that where they basically want to redesign it. And I get it. It's like, if you're a creative person, you just naturally start doing that. But it's like that yeah. I feel like is where the disconnect is, is I just, I enjoy what they put out. I don't, my brain doesn't go to, if I was the designer, what would I have changed to my specific taste? Cause there's just, like, you, make, you can't win that game. You make a good point because I don't want to, I feel like I now thinking like came across as like people shouldn't, say what they would like i don't know i don't. I just don't like the tone of it it's usually like oh like they're they did this wrong i would have done this it's like yeah. it's fine if you like if you love talking about uniforms like what your idea like well this would look good this would look good but it's just like i feel like there's always just this like oh they like they they did this wrong because it's not what i would have done it's like yeah. no like they That's did this exactly the same right. way but like you you can think like oh this would look cool but i don't know it's just the, I, know, I realize i'm complaining about people complaining but it, the other thing funny. that i'd point out and it's and i've just so like made my bed with the way this one is is that like you look at these uniforms and some of the fans who were like because these are definitely the most the least well-received space uniforms ever i think yeah. that's fair to say 
Yeah. And I, I part of it to me is that I always kind of laugh at us. I'm like, if UCF had dropped this exact uniform in 2017, you would have lost your mind. Like it would have been like, <laughs> this is crazy. But it's just, yeah, that's sort of the downside of space uniforms is they're so crazy every year that it's just like fans were seven years in fans have their favorites. They have, they want this version of that. And it just, it, it became normal. So it's not, it's, I don't know. It, it just feels like fans are always looking for a very specific thing from it now, but I'm, I'm actually other than whatever, like I, I feel like it hasn't ruined it for me today. Cause sometimes it has with the combos. Like I get really excited and I see something and I'm all happy. And I go on Twitter and people are like, oh, I would have worn black pants with this. And it's like, okay, but today I've just what been happy. The, These have been good. Uniforms. It was the whole white out for the Baylor. That, like we avoided that at least. That's, that's a right. whole, uh, that's a whole other thing. I can't, <laughs> I, can, I don't want to get in that again, but yeah. yeah. So like I said, it's opinions. If you don't like it, that's your opinion. And feel free for that. Like I said, uniforms are all opinion. It's all design. I think it's when people a get insulting with the people who design them and say like, you suck for this and screw you or, or when people just, you know, turn it into why did you spend money on a uniform that could have gone towards buying out Gus and stuff like that. That's yeah. when it gets, that's when it gets ridiculous. Or the, my opinion, your opinion is not like my opinion. So then you're so wrong bad. and you're stupid and <laughs> I hate you. So um, dumb. It's weird, weird, weird thing to die on. But um, I think we can leave it there. We covered so much in this podcast for, especially for it being a bye week, which I think you kind of have to do during a bye week. There's no game to preview, but yep. I was very happy that there's not a game to preview this week. I'm think Me it was too, a good man. reset, good reset podcast. We'll be back next week with episode 168. We'll preview the UCF Oklahoma game, which I'm sure will be just a really fun day for everyone. Um, I've heard, I've seen some people like are going to the Oklahoma game, like, oh yeah, we get we get to go to the game, get the game over with, and we can go out and kind of just hit the bars and all that stuff. So good, good for you guys. I, I like that for you guys. Um, but we will be back next week and you can find us until then on Twitter at Bailey J Adams, 22 at by CA Simmons and at night sports. Now, thank you guys so much for being with us and we'll talk to you soon. Bye everybody.